and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of August 10th, 2016. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Uh, so we've got a little bit of news this week, uh, and then we are going to discuss the super exciting Combiner Wars Episode 2. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, to start off with, uh, a little bit of toy news. Uh, the most exciting thing that has happened this week to, like, any of us uh, is the eHobby uh, exclusive redeco of Mindwipe they're doing. Oh, my God. How can I not think of this? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought <laughs> so, of it as, like, a crazy idea, but it's like, nah, they're never going to do that because the club doesn't do anything anymore. And then eHobby gives us Optimus Primal Bat version Headmaster. <laughs> what? It's so good. It's it looks so good, and uh, I I it's guess it's crazy and awesome, and I love it. And ow, my wallet! And it's not yeah. just that. It's like the, well, the, the little head, of course, is like Optimus Prime colored, but he also comes with the ape face Titan Master vehicle thingy. But he's painted like op op. What? <laughs> And he comes with a Megatron head to put on Skullcruncher. Yes. Yes. That's that's pretty great. Because there's already a green alligator. Yeah. Yeah, there's not... The only thing you'd have to change on Skullcruncher is change the bright pink, but that's good enough for Megatron. Oh, so is there... Do we have a price for him yet? No. Or are we just... Because, well, on the too, e-hobby, it still says sold out. But I don't think they've actually uh-huh. put it up for sale yet, and the, the price is listed at zero yen, so... Ah. Uh. Yep, it is definitely not out ready to be purchased yet. But uh. keep your eyes on that. Much much like Walgreens Brainstorm, who we discussed previously, who appears to be not actually a thing that one can purchase, despite all possible promises to the contrary. Although, if you really do want a Brainstorm, you can buy one right now. Although yes. supplies may not last. And it's it's a much uh, uh, more pastel edition of that brainstorm. Uh, yes, the Hasbro Toy Shop has finally put up the San Diego Comic Con exclusives. Yay. Uh, you can you can get the set with Sentinel Prime and Brainstorm and yet another special redeco Windblade for uh, eighty dollars, or you can get or and you can get the uh, the uh, convention exclusive. Deco for Fortress Maximus for a mere $180. Uh, yeah. Which honestly isn't really that bad because he's super awesome. Yeah. The back of the box has this awesome looking like stained glass Fortress Maximus art on it too. <laughs> yes, and he's got the sword and he's just standing there holding the sword. And you can take the front of the box and put it over your head and have a Fortress Maximus head. And <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's great. And it's not that much more than retail, so that's not really that bad. Uh, and if so, you want the Soundwave tablet, too bad. Sold out. Yeah, as of this yeah recording. somehow. Other things will Why? probably be, out, be gone by the time this actually goes up, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how many they they brought back and how many they made in the first place. Uh, I know it's it hasn't sounded like... I mean, I haven't heard a lot of people going on about having bought the San Diego Comic-Con stuff, so maybe they, they had a few to bring home. He does seem like the best impulse purchase out of the group, because he's only 40. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I remember hearing that there were less people at SDCC this year. That's possible. 
Maybe it was just maybe less just, people going to some booth. I forget. Yeah, maybe there were fewer people in the dealer room because they were just all living in Hall H. Possibly. And, like, not actually, <laughs> not actually leaving the line to Hall H. Uh, yeah, San Diego Comic Con is one of those things like like Lollapalooza where I'm just sad that I didn't get to go to it before it jumped the shark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now it's just not ever going to be that great again. Now it's just the line it's not to worth going unless you get hazard pay. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have a lot of time and you're really into standing in lines. Uh, in other news, actually, which also came out around San Diego Comic-Con time, uh, we were talking about the new Blu-ray release that's going to be coming out next month of mm. Transformers the movie. From the Shout original, Factory. The best. Yes, from Shout Factory. Uh, and there is a trailer that they've put up for it that's discussing the... Uh, the whole like process of restoring it and going back to to the actual negatives and and the animation masters and stuff and it is absolutely gorgeous <laughs> yes it is it is way prettier than any 30 year old toy commercial should be oh yeah <laughs> yes they're making this thing look like art which yes. a lot of the animation is yeah or not I mean, so much but yeah, that's the the thing with Transformers the movie is that the different parts, the different groups working on different aspects of it seem to have varying levels of of enthusiasm and dedication to their art. Uh the the artists and the animators were totally uh completely bought into it. Uh a lot more than perhaps the writers were. So so while it doesn't make much sense. Uh, it at least looks really, really nice. And, and it does. I mean, this is, I'm really excited about this. I know on, if, if you go to YouTube, there's like a nice, I think it even says a, a 4K remaster of the G.I. Joe the movie opening. Did oh. they do the whole movie like that? Or is that, oh. I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna do any part of the G.I. Joe movie, that's the part to do. Yeah. Or maybe Let it's like, see. wait, what, was that? Like the, the, there was the original current commercial for Transformers, the movie, which like had better animation, but not all the clips ended up in the movie. Was maybe like, maybe the original opening of the G.I. Joe was kind of like that, where it was animated higher quality possibly. Cause like there's the one scene in the one commercial where like Megatron's flying through the air and shooting, heading toward Autobot City that's not actually in the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm I'm taking a look now at uh, Best Buy's page for the GI Joe one, and that was also from Shout Factory, yeah. uh, and that was released in 2010. Uh, so that you know maybe I can't imagine that that was the same sort of restoration project because that never actually made it to theaters. So maybe yeah. it was a a different or easier restoration project. Possibly. Uh, maybe that maybe that was the warm up for Transformers the movie. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they, they had done that one previously, but this, this is at least that pretty looking. If, if you go onto YouTube and look up the G.I. Joe the movie opening, uh, that's on there, that's the Blu-ray quality, it's, it's at least that good. And, uh, the most important thing to me is that even in the trailer, like the first thing they talk about as far as details go, 
was going back to the original animation cells to make sure they got Hot Rod's color right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they acknowledged that that was something that had been changed in, in various restorations, uh, tweaking his color to be more red and, and less magenta, less pink. Uh, and, and they went back to the original animation cells to make sure they got that just right, uh, so that- And that did makes... not commit sacrilege. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that made me happy. But, but yes, it's very pretty, it's just, it looks like you just, you know, it's, it looks like pictures moving. It looks like cell art in motion, which, you know, is what it should look like. But it doesn't have the sort of blurring of the, you know, the line art that, comes from, you know, VHS and low-quality DVDs and Well, just the movie being around transfers. for 30 years, there would be degradation. They, they cleaned it up as best as they could, it seems, to make it look like it was fresh in the theater. Yeah. And, and it actually mentions that uh, part of it is that uh, because of the way they went through it, there's stuff that you can – there are details that you can see – and the example they use is of when Megatron is being turned into Galvatron and there's the full body scan of him that shows all the circuitry. And because of the way, you know, actual film projectors work, some of that got washed out by certain parts being so bright that it sort of blurred the, the details. And in this transfer of it, that's a lot sharper. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 very exciting. I am very excited about that. Uh so in the the other thing about Transformers the movie that had a a lot of love put into it was the score. And this is apparently it's it's funny because this is apparently something that came out like 2 months ago. It came out at the beginning of June. There there doesn't even seem to be a wiki page for it yet, which I personally may have to go and uh fix because it's, you know, this is something that's that's very important to me. Uh, but, yeah, they put out the actual score. Uh, and we we mentioned before that it was out on vinyl. Uh, now it is, it looks like it was released the same time. Uh, I know it's also on CD. Uh, but more importantly, for those of us who are actually living in 2016, <laughs> uh, it is available digitally now. Uh, which I know it is definitely because, as as I think I've mentioned before, I am completely bought into the Google infrastructure. Uh, so I I can tell you it is definitely on Google Play Music. Uh, I have I have purchased it even though it entirely contains music I already own in some form or another. Uh, I will say for anyone who has at any point downloaded. A, a pirate copy or, or in any way pirated, uh, the second disc to the old Till All Are One CD set that, uh, was put out through 3H and BotCon. Go buy this to, to cleanse your conscience. Yes. Send Uncle Vince some because, money. Yes. Vince Nicola deserves to be paid for this stuff. And I did a little looking into this, uh, and, and I'm going to get very, not even music nerdy as much as like archivist nerdy for a moment here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does appear that it's pretty much almost all the same tracks as the old Till All Our One album. Uh, That was from BotCon, was it? It was like a BotCon exclusive album? Yeah, it was was basically something that that Glenn really wanted to do, and uh, he put it together and published it through 3H and sold it at BotCon. 
Uh, I think it's probably harder. It's it's very hard to find a copy at all. Uh, I think it's probably harder to find a copy that's not autographed by Stan and Vince than it is to find one that that is because of course you know they were right there. Uh, so so yeah, this that's the thing is it was a super limited release, uh, and and it almost never goes on sale, you know, because it just waits for someone, one of the the few hundred people who has one, to to want to actually sell it. Uh, all the tracks, most of the tracks actually seem to be renamed. Not all of them, what? but a bunch of them. And huh. the other thing that I found really interesting with this release, uh, and this led me to look into some of uh, the, the legalities of this. Uh, now, as we know, Sony has the rights to all this stuff. Uh, yeah. The Till All Our One CD uh, did not include the three instrumental tracks that were on the original Transformers the Movie soundtrack release hmm. uh, because those were tied up with the rights to the soundtrack. Uh, and, and anyway, you had those already uh, because they were on the soundtrack. Uh, so this time I noticed, for instance, there is a track called Optimus Prime vs. Megatron, uh, which is the track showdown from the Till All Our One CD and the Death of Optimus Prime track from the soundtrack basically oh. just going into each other. Oh. Just oh. just put together. Uh, so, and this also has Escape on it. So, and I looked into this, and on the site, uh, and actually, give me just a moment. Uh, it was put out by Intrada Special Collection. It's it's Intrada Special Collection Volume ISC 263. Uh, Intrada is this uh, sort of niche uh, music publisher that specifically goes for soundtracks and specifically goes for scores. Oh. Uh, and and they're actually really into the the archive the archival side of things too. Uh, if you Look at the, at their homepage, uh, just go to intrada.com, I-N-T-R-A-D-A.com. Uh, it mentions how that's, that's part of their thing is to, so for over 30 years, Intrada has engaged composers, film studios, and musicians to restore, preserve, and distribute more than 500 albums of film music, old and new. Hmm. So, so they're basically just really big into publishing and, you know, archiving film music, which is pretty exciting. Uh, it does mention on the page that this is courtesy of Sony. So this basically appears to be licensed from Sony. Ooh, yay. So, so yeah, that's, that's where, where the rights have ended up at this point. Uh, so, because that was with the Till All R One, they were able to do that because I guess Vince Ticola had, had retained the rights to everything but what was put on the original soundtrack, but it looks like those have all been rolled, presumably with a payout to to Vince. Uh, that's all been rolled into the main Sony rights, and they licensed it to Entrada to put out this album. Uh, it is really great music. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're familiar with Transformers the movie. Probably and, have at least one music. version of the soundtrack. Yes. But yeah, it's just it it is really, really good, just eighties synth 
instrumental stuff. Uh, it's, it's something I've listened to the, the old one enough that it's sort of burned into my brain just as much as the movie itself. So like I said, if, if you've never had a copy of it or if you've pirated the, the Talalar one CD, uh, I definitely recommend going on either Google Play or iTunes or wherever you want to get music and buy a copy of that. Uh, it's about $15. Uh, so, so that's my plug for this week. Uh, let's talk Combiner Wars. Oh, okay. Well, it's a toy wave that um, has kind of ceased, except there's a couple toys that have yet to come out. Oh, you you mean the animation <laughs> that has finally come out like a year after it should have? Well, and on a platform nobody cares about. The good side of it coming out at the tail end of the series is that at least. It can use everything from the series and not like the first two waves. Yeah, but, but I kind of doubt. Like, well, they have used Computron. Yeah, it can but... steal quite a bit from the comics. Yeah, man. Yeah, we aren't. We're not really getting Computron that that much, are we? Uh, is he even showing up in actual stores? <sighs> no, I don't think he is yet. <laughs> I, mm. Who knows? I. I, I rode the bus like an hour and a half to get to a Toys R Us a couple weeks ago, so I'm I'm not gonna have a lot to say on that. I don't know, but he's shown up and he's confirmed for dead in this episode. Yay! Yay. Great. Selling toys by killing them off. I will say, uh, I will say two things in credit to this episode. Uh, one, at no point did it make me motion sick like the last one. Uh, and two, uh, I, I did feel, and I feel kind of both, uh, I feel a little awkward for various reasons saying this because it's actually, uh, someone I know from BotCon, uh, but I felt that Starscream's voice acting was actually above what we've seen as the norm for this series. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it was actually acted, well, which was pretty great. It's yeah. only two episodes in, uh, whereas, but yeah, of the voice actors so far, Starscream's the best. Then most fitting. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a very Starscreamy voice. Well, I think part hmm. of the problem was that he didn't seem like a very Starscreamy character. Yeah. He he wasn't saying Starscream things. Yeah, it's like they took the current Starscream in the comics, and it but it's not that Starscream. It's the Starscream he tries to pretend to be. Only it, it's not. It's like noble. Politician Starscream without any hint of normal Starscream assholery. Except yeah. taking up one and a half minutes of the intro with the <laughs> out of the five <laughs> minutes of the episode. That that is the most Starscream oh, thing that he did oh. this episode. And the the sound like when he was flying, I don't know what they were doing with the sound there, but it it was like almost giving me a headache. Yeah, I was wondering if there was something wrong with my speakers. Yeah, because it sounds bad. Yeah, I think the the sound effects were clipping at some point, which is very bad. It was weirdly compressed or something. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, finally, he shows up. He talks to Rodimus and the Mistress of Flame stuff. (sighs) And they keep doing that low frame rate thing. Yeah. No. And then when... Starscream is doing his flyby. It looks like he's not in the same environment as the building he's flying past. Like, he should be casting a shadow on it, and he's not. Yeah, well... And the textures look kind of weird, and, like, the building is just scaled up instead of being big. 
And yeah, we've, yeah. we've been able to do Shadow since midway through season one of Beast Wars, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not that hard. Those complaints, I, a lot of those complaints, except for the weird frame rate, are things we have complained about when we've been watching Beast Wars, like the odd technical issues, but odd technical issues seems to be this show. Yeah. And their lip flaps. Oh, Starscream's like lip flaps are horrible. Mistress of Flame's lip flaps were definitely not great. I, they it's were like a better 2003 than JRPG where they didn't actually pay any attention to making the English dialogue actually match how they were animated. Yeah, like like Starscream's dialogue, it's like normal talking, but his mouth movements are like every line is shouted. Yeah, he's got like a lot of bared teeth going on. Yeah. And it doesn't even look like the mouths are actually animated moving. It looks like they're just trading out different shaped mouths like robot chicken. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's like robot chicken mouth animation. It's it's robot chicken mouth animation with the accuracy of a speed racer dub. Yeah, M- Mistress of Flames to me seemed a little bit better, but I guess maybe because it kind of reminds me of Wonky. When anime tries CG animated faces, it, it was sort of like that lip flappy, which is bad, but uh, maybe I'm getting used to a few animated RCG. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what happens yeah. in this episode? Talking. Uh, Talking there's, uh, so, so Starscream has his great entrance, and then he shows up. There's a very toy-looking Rodimus hanging around with Mistress of Flame. Oh, he's which really a masterpiece. If, if, if you want to be honest, that's, uh, that's a ship in concept I could get behind, because, you know, fire. I guess, <laughs> yep, but Mistress of Flame isn't that much taller than him, but in the comics, she's, like, huge. She's, she's fairly tall here, yeah. Uh, I, I really like her design. It's very yeah. nice to see that, you know, her character brought through. It's a little less nice that if, and it's sort of like we discussed with Victorian and that teaser trailer, having that weird sort of way of speaking. Mistress yeah. of Flame definitely also has, I mean, I, it, it's almost like her voice acting was done by some sort of text to speech program. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite that bad, but it wasn't great. I, you know, it fit her more than Victorian. Like it kind of works with the character, except for the fact there's a lot of effect on her, so it kind of sounds like she's recorded down a bucket. Yeah, which I don't know why there's so much more effect on her than anyone yeah. else. Yeah, why wasn't there any on Menasaur? That was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Maybe they just overcorrected between last week and this week. Maybe. Maybe. But why a Mistress of Flame? Why not on Starscream? Yeah. And Hot Rod is there. Yeah, Hot Rod says a couple things. He's not really very memorable at all. And uh, he's he's the worst Hot Rod characterization. Mm. He is, this is a quote, I may not be Optimus Prime, but I can try. Yeah. Whereas if you have a good That's... Hot Rod Rodimus Prime, it should be, I have flames on my chest. It's a lot to live up to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's like specifically like one of the the season three episodes that the the plot is all about him being mopey. It's it's that kind of line. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 
it's it, that and that really stood out to me as one of those lines that just sounded like it was written out of context and then just sort of shoehorned in there because someone liked it. Uh yeah, I they were just discussing something about the enigma of combination, yeah. doing something with the enigma of combination. The important thing is uh our our beloved city speaker turned <laughs> Bloodthirsty assassin. <laughs> N7 agent. Yeah, is this is, is all... so Mass Effect a sequence? Huh. Yeah, she's mm. out. She's out trying to snipe. I would like to note that when they pull back to show her, she obviously does not actually have line of sight on those targets. No, no. They're <laughs> they're in this like sort of stadium bowl kind of thing that's got you know a little little sides that go up and she's not high enough to actually be able to see down yeah, into she's it. Maybe at the same height as them, but but the cam the angle of her looking supposedly at them is like way high above, but she's just out in a cliff face and they're in a building. It, eh. Yeah, you know all those cliff faces Angles. that Cybertron is known for. Yeah, Cybertron looked weird in the opening flyby too. Yeah, there was a lot of rocks well, and mountains, look... explosions for no reason, glowing cracks. Yeah, it did look a lot more cyber-formed than Cybertron, like a a planet that had been made to be or was in the process of becoming Cybertron-esque. So yeah, it was it was a little. A little odd. It was better than last week, but not a lot. The the whole thing seems to really be relying on the assumption that you've read the current ITW comics to understand anything of what's going on. Yeah, and but it's but it's not. It's it's like the comic. Look, I guess this one makes more sense if most of this could have been just like one little scene in the current comics. Except for the mm-hmm. weird Windblade stuff and Optimus Prime shows up at the end looking like like a murderer stepping out of the shadows. I thought at first, the first thing it made me think of was, uh, ah, I'm blocking out on, I'm blanking out on the episode name. An I'm episode going to go back just... to G1 season three again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the episode where Optimus Prime is a horrifying zombie. Yeah, well, it reminded me of an episode we just watched on, on our Beast Machines podcast where Tankor comes out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that too, because he's just like coming out of the shadows and he stops Windblade from ba- apparently she wanted to shoot the Enigma of Combination. Yeah, because that's presumably to stop any more So there know. are no more combiners because yeah. she hates combiners, but because of Prime smacking her on the side and then disappearing into the shadows, she accidentally shoots Starscream instead. Yeah, so Optimus Prime smacked her to disrupt her shot, and then dashed back into the shadows <laughs> so he could dramatically reveal himself to Windblade. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's important. I, I kind of want that to be characterization for this version of Optimus Prime, and not just bad blocking. That he's Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I must always be in the shadows? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he can be Batman. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll accept that. Okay, and does that make Windblade Deadshot? His windshield is cracked. I'm I'm very sad I had to go look up that the title was Dark Awakening, but I looked it up. It's Dark Awakening. Also, on the Transformers wiki, it's very hard to look up things that are just very, very basic, such as Transformers cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> like, well, how else am I supposed to refer to Generation 1? Because it's not Generation 1 to itself. Anyway, so yeah, uh, busted-ass Optimus shows up and stops her from shooting the Enigma. And uh, she shoots Starscream in the process, but that's okay, because it was Starscream. And yeah. it doesn't appear to be fatal. No, he just sort of falls down and whines a bit. Yeah. And also, the Enigma being there, it's, it's gigantic, and it looks like it's on display, but yeah. apparently the fact that they have it is a secret. Yeah, it makes no and sense. And they're talking, well, it's admittedly, like if, that's like their, if that's like their top secret executive boardroom, then that's it can be on display there and still be a secret, but I guess. three walls the point, of the, the building like, the are stadium glass. stadium stuff surrounding it. <laughs> yeah, it has glass walls. It has, like, stadium seating that they're standing around. It's a secret. Just, just shh. Nobody sees it. It's also, like if somebody had an SR-71 Blackbird and they decided to keep it inside the Capitol building. <laughs> like, you know. behind the podium where the Speaker of the House sits. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, it'll be pretty there. Just put it on, just mount it on the wall. <laughs> so, uh, they were talking, uh, the thing that Starscream and Rodimus and uh, the Mistress of Flame were talking about was that apparently the Enigma of Combination here can control the Combiners against their will. Which has and happened in they the were comics. discussing, Yeah, and they were discussing the ethics of that, and somehow Starscream was coming down on the side of individual free rights. Yeah, it... Some lines almost feel like they were flipped between Starscream and Rodimus. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, so that sure was an episode. It it sure did occur. It was another five minutes of our lives. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so weird that this is a thing that's put out on the internet on a weird site we never heard of until this started happening. Like, if these were, like, maybe on a mini-DVD that came with toys, sure, that's a good extra. Uh It looks cheap, but whatever. But as a product all on its own, not even as, like, a DVD extra on something else, it's it's weird in isolation. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it looks like something that they contracted to, to have made. It's it's basically like the animation version of the Transformers MMO. Yeah. Remember the shorts they did for uh, Power Core Combiners? Oh, yeah, those so, yeah. were great. Oh. Maybe they were trying to find another group of people to do something like that. I failed at it. Those were weird <laughs> yeah. and cheesy, but cheesy in a fun way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't great art. They weren't... Well, I think they had shadows that were visible, but... It's a step up, but... They were short, fight, over, done with. Yeah, those were fun. I should rewatch those. If they're still on the internet nope. somewhere. Nope, you get this. It's edgy, apparently. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So, I guess we'll be back next week with the next episode. Yay. Do we have any comics next week? Uh, I am not sure. We just had them. Uh, everything was two weeks ago. Yeah, that's the thing. We just had everything. And the thing is, a lot of times we don't even know for sure what's coming out until it starts showing up. Uh, I haven't seen anyone put up any uh, iTunes preview pages. So I'm going to say probably not yet. So 
all we'll have to talk about next week is combined Wars episode. Well, three. We, we did mention last time that maybe we would talk about toys. So review toys okay. that are out. Because has anybody gotten any recently? I got some. Titan. Uh, Two, anyway. I'd I'd get a brainstorm if I could get a brainstorm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh I know uh Alex and I might be doing some toy hunting this coming weekend, so maybe we will have some toys to discuss. Yay. Very exciting. More than meets the eye until all are one are solicited for next week. Really? Really? What? Hmm. So they're on Well, I guess bi weekly now? Well, that would make more sense why why they did the thing where Milne isn't going to be on every issue anymore. Huh. huh. I don't think it's bi-weekly so much as just one of the issues got production delayed, and that's why they all landed on the same week. Yeah. yeah, so it's catching up now. Perhaps that is it. I guess we will know for certain when it's available for review. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's it for this week. I uh, can tune in next week while we talk about whatever news has happened in the meantime. Maybe some toys, maybe some Combiner Wars, <laughs> maybe some comics. Uh, so until then, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. 